right. You ready for the word? All right, let's get into the word today. Uh, we're going to go back to Mark chapter 4. This is the time to break ground. Amen? So we're going to get into the word. I, I don't know if any of you, well, actually, I should say before, I don't know if there's any of them here, but I don't know if you guys knew that Ording won back-to-back state champ for wrestling two yesterday, so that was awesome. Two years running, so that's pretty awesome. So if you see a wrestler, give him a shout-out. Um, don't make him mad. Give him a shout-out. He'll take you down. I was, has anyone ever had the pleasure of putting in a fence post? Isn't that so fun? No. Whoever invented post hole diggers, I don't, know, I, want, I don't know if I want to hug them or shoot them. I'm not really sure. Because it seems really effective until your back muscles the next day. Like, who come up with this motion, right? Ooh. But yeah, I'm digging ground and I'm trying to like, put this fence post into my house. And uh, it was great for the first like six inches, <laughs> two inches, and then rocks. Why? Why are there so many rocks? Why are there so many rocks? I don't know what it is. It's like, you feel like the first scoop, you're just like, oh, this is going to be easy. Like, I don't need my teenage sons to do this for me. They would tell you that's not true. I have to use a bar. Have anyone ever used a bar? Oh, like this. Oh, man, these things are like, this is like the rock getter outer bar. Right? I won't throw it. It's not a javelin. They're really heavy, and it's got like a, a, a pointed tip here, and it's got a flat end here. And this thing, like when you can't get any farther, you just start just jamming this in the hole, and those rocks will come out. Has anyone used one of these before? Oh, yeah. They're great. They're really great. I've actually bent one before, which is, I don't know how that happens. Really stubborn rocks. But you got to dislodge those rocks and you got to sometimes just take them out one at a time. Like you get your shovel in there and you loosen them up and you know you got to like reach down in the hole and start pulling out the rocks that are in the way so you can get more dirt because if there's too many rocks, the post hole digger won't like grab any dirt, just the rocks. So you got to get those rocks out of there. And we're going to talk about a rocky ground today and, and take a look at this parable. This is a uh, four-part sermon. And we are looking at the parable of the sower, Mark chapter 4. So open up to Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Uh, if you want to take notes on our church app or follow along, you can do that. Just If you don't have the app, search for Abundant Life Ording, and you'll find it. And, um, and we'll get right into the word. Mark 4, 3 through 8. It says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into the good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. The goal in our lives is the good soil. Like that's where we want the seed to fall. When we look at this parable, we know two things about it. We know that um, we're going to look at Jesus' interpretation of it. We know that the seed is the word of God. And the seed is the word of God. And the ground is the heart and mind of men. So this is, this is the story that Jesus is telling, that the seed is the word and the ground is the heart and mind. So it's a picture of how the word of God is received in the human heart and the human mind. And it's dependent upon conditions. 
The question we're asking in this series is, why does the Word of God seem to bring transformation to some lives, but does nothing in other lives? And the answer that we find is that the, Jesus says is the answer is in the ground. It's in the soil. It's in the heart and mind of man. It's not in the seed. The seed is not the problem. The ground is the problem. So last week we looked at the hardened path. You can go back and, and watch that message on YouTube or the church app. You can listen to it on a podcast. But we looked at the hardened path. And now we're going to look at the second ground, the rocky ground. So go to verse 16 of Mark chapter 4, where Jesus gives us an interpretation. It says, And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So let's take a look at the rocky ground. What is this rocky ground? What is Jesus trying to tell us? What does a rocky ground look like in the heart of men? Well, the rocky ground in this parable is, is simply that good-looking soil we talked about, right? It looks really good, but right underneath there's lots and lots of rocks. Now, why, the reason that, um, just from a biology standpoint, is this th thin surface of soil, all those rocks underneath in the ground that he was talking about, they generate heat from below. And so the seed would land in this little bit of soil, and because of the heat and because of the watering of it and the water just stayed right there, the plant just shot up really quick. It shot up really quick, and you got a really quick sprout. But the rocks that were below didn't allow the roots to establish. They didn't allow the roots to become healthy and to be really deep in that ground. Uh, and, I, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but it bothers me so much I have to mention it again. And that is that when they put in new houses, they put in the worst lawns in the world. Did you know, I went to the hardware store a few years ago because I was trying to reseed my lawn. And it was really, the seed was getting really expensive. And our lawn would just, your lawn might be the same way. It's beautiful and lush. And then it's hot for two days and it's brown. It just dies and it's over. And that's because there's no roots. And there's a way to get your, your lawn's roots deeper, but you have to first have topsoil. So we, we laid some topsoil and I went in to buy seed and it was really expensive. And there was this one, it was really cheap and it was like developer's seed. I can't, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was like landscapers mix or something like that. And I asked the guy, I'm like, why is this so much, what, what is, this seed is so cheap? Like, is there a problem with it? And he's like, no, what it is, is it just sprouts really quick, but only lasts like a season or two. They just throw it in real quick to sell a house. I was like, that's immoral. That has to be wrong, right? <laughs> I swear that's what they did in my house. And so that's not the right kind of seed. Now in that story, the seed is part of the problem, <laughs> okay? But if you, if you don't have the right soil, you're never going to have the roots of the grass grow deep. And because the roots don't go deep, they're dependent upon whatever moisture is right on the surface, on that thin little layer of soil. And then when it gets hot, there's no moisture and it dies. So we, we're trying to figure out here in this, in this parable in our lives, what is this picture that Jesus is painting of our hearts that are on rocky ground? What is it about us in which in our lives, if the seed was planted on our lives, that it turns brown and dies the minute it gets hot out, is what Jesus says happens here. It gets scorched. With rocky ground, see what happens is there's something that happens on the surface, but a root system is never established. And that's the issue with the rocky ground. And we, when each of these types of grounds that Jesus mentions, we're going to look at what the issue is 
with it, except for the, the good soil, there's not an issue, but there is a cultivating that needs to happen, and we'll get to that. But with the rocky ground, the issue is that there's a root system that is not established. It never established it. So here's, here's what that looks like practically in someone's life. So someone hears about God's forgiveness and they receive it. They've maybe been in sin or whatever it happens to be in their life and they come to the Lord and they say, God, I need your forgiveness. And then God forgives them. And you know what happens when God forgives you? You feel so much better. Have you ever found that to be true? Like when you've sinned and God forgives you, right? And you're like, oh, I just, I feel better. I feel lighter. And they, they're so, feel so good. They've been forgiven and there's instant relief. And that is the beauty of the forgiveness from the Lord is that when he forgives us, there's an instant relief of our sin that we've confessed our sins and it's, it's, there's this relief in us. But then the person with rocky ground, they don't do anything to walk out a life of holiness and eventually the sin issue returns. That's what rocky ground looks like in someone's life. Or maybe God does a miracle and because the power of God is evident, someone receives him and says, I got to know that God. That's, that's incredible. But because they don't see that same level of power happening in their daily life, God isn't appealing anymore. And it just begins to fade out. This is what rocky ground looks like. Charles Spurgeon, a theologian from a long time ago, so wise, he said, then there are many more whose religion must, have been, must be sustained by enthusiastic surroundings. They seem to have been baptized in boiling water. I love that. They seem to have been baptized in boiling water, and unless the temperature around them is kept to that point, they wither away. The religion that is born of mere excitement will die when the excitement is over. And see, following Jesus isn't just some exciting moment. It's not just this mountaintop experience. That's the epitome of shallow ground, that excited acceptance with no substance. And so the plant withers when the heat is turned up. And if our hearts are rocky ground, we will not experience the lasting work of Jesus in our lives. We'll walk in these circles. We'll walk in these cycles. And we need to get our roots established. Here's the issues that he tells us that affect this plant, this seed. Well, it's shallow roots and bad weather come in. Shallow roots and bad weather. Really bad combination, shallow roots and bad weather. If you've ever driven between Ording and South Prairie after it's rained a lot or snowed a lot and then melted and rained a lot, you'll see lots of trees that have just come right over, the roots and all. And you look and the roots aren't very deep because there's so much water there, they don't, have, they don't go very far to get deep. So it's always really stressful driving through there after it's rained a long time and it's super windy because you just see trees all around. So I'm always driving like this, looking up to the sides like, you know, is anything going to fall? But that's what happens with, with this kind of ground is no roots, no root depth, and the bad weather begins to just knock the thing out. So let's look at these two issues, shallow roots and bad weather. So shallow roots is our first issue. Notice the problem is below the surface. The problem is below the surface. For this Christian, for this believer, if the conditions are right, everything can look great. You, everything looks great. Life's going well. Everything's great. I've got a good job. I've got a happy family. And man, everything looks good. But below the surface, there's no root system being established. There's no depth to the relationship with Jesus. This is the life that Jesus talks about that gets excited about the word of God, but doesn't do work to establish roots that last. See, this person isn't content with things for very long. 
They need the newest thing to keep them going. I've met people like this over many years of pastoring now. I've met people who, who switch churches every one to two years because the worship and the sermon becomes, doesn't isn't exciting anymore. And so they go to the next one, and then they go to the next one, and they go to the next one. And they come to you and they're like, man, I'm, I'm so excited to be at this church. And man, I left my last church. And we've been through like eight churches in the past 10 years. And we finally found the one. And I was like, I don't know that you have finally found the one. Like the question is, are you willing to do the work in your relationship with Jesus to get some roots in there? Because it's all about chasing the excitement about what God is doing. They need the newest thing to keep them going. And the best word to describe this heart, I believe is a seasonal heart. It's a seasonal heart. Lord, I praise you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for that bonus. I thank you, Lord God, for this, this wonderful thing that you've done, Lord. I thank you that everything worked out. I thank you that everything's going in my favor. I thank you that life is smooth, and then life gets really hard, and we go, God, where are you? I'm so upset with you, God. Or we just, we, we stop fellowshipping with believers, and we say, I just feel so alone. I feel so alone. I just feel like nobody cares about me. And yet we've, we've cycled and seasoned our way out of digging in and b- establishing roots in our life. You see, if all we offer to Jesus is shallow ground, then all we'll develop is shallow roots. That's all it will be in our life. If all we, we, we're among our friends and we're having conversations and we're with church people and, and we're, we're talking about the things of God. If all we stay on is the shallow ground, then all we'll develop is shallow roots in our lives. But the word of God, the word of God, and you, you know this, is meant to get deep into the layers of your heart. It's meant to get deep into the layers of your heart and transform you. But when a heart doesn't go deep, but only lives on the surface. Transformation can't happen. So we end up living our lives and following the Lord based on emotions rather than convictions. And if you look around our world, this is what you see. This is what you see. When the world that's being surveyed, the people that say, I'm a Christian, which by the way, that number is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's reasons for that, I believe. The reasons it's getting smaller because I think we're actually we're, we're having less and less this younger generation that's coming up this Gen Z this younger generation alpha generation they aren't real into labels and just because they grew up and because their grandma was a Christian they don't just say well yeah I'm a Christian but the older generations would do that and so it looks like but I think we're we're seeing actually a bigger picture of who really follows Jesus right and so we're getting this we're getting this picture of who it is that follows Jesus. But our world, traditionally, that says, yeah, I, I'm, I believe in God, but then follows the Lord based on emotions rather than convictions, and then your doctrine gets all muddy, your, your belief system gets all messed up, you don't know who God is anymore. We follow the Lord based on convictions, based on his word, based on who he says that he is. And when trouble comes, there's no root as an anchor. And when you have shallow roots, what happens is you're a top-heavy plant that falls easily. And many of you have probably had friends over the years. They, they, they were Christians, and they were following the Lord, and you're like, I don't know what happened. Like, they were following the Lord, and just boom, they're just all of a sudden, they're just not following the Lord anymore. The problem is below the surface. The problem is a root system. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, if my relationship with Jesus is a plant, what do my roots look like? 
That's the, that's the issue we have to, to figure out with our roots. Some Christians don't have any roots at all. Their roots are their parents. Their root systems, their Christian friends. Their root systems, their pastor. Their root systems, a good church service. And if the bad weather rolls in, it's game over. Because shallow, rocky ground with shallow roots cannot weather the storms of life. Because the bad weather is going to roll in. It's going to roll in. I, I don't want to give you a hopeless message, but Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. It is a guarantee that bad weather comes. Right? If you've lived in Washington State for more than a day, you don't even have to be a day. It can roll in in one day. Like There's days here where it snows, it's sunny, and then it hails, and then it's sunny, and then it rains, and then it's windy, and you know, I, I don't even know what season it is anymore. Like, it's crazy. If you've lived here for any length of time, you understand bad weather, right? I mean, maybe not like tornado weather, but you understand weather that you just don't want to be out in. I was trying to go for a walk the other day, and it was doing this weird misting thing, and it was just like, oh, gross, I'm just wet everywhere. Like, just give me regular rain. Like, why does it have to be so weird? I don't know. But the weather people, they talk about these low-pressure systems. And they, I swear they're making up new words. You know, we have an atmospheric river over Washington. I'm like, where did that come the last few years? It's always rained. Now we're calling it a river in the sky. And I'm like, that actually is a really good depiction of what it's like here. But they talk about these low pressure systems that come in and then these high pressure systems that go out. And I didn't study meteorology, but I don't know. All I know is that there's pressure systems. That's what they tell me. And they bring with them storms that are unbearable. But here's, here's what... Jesus tells us there's a pressure system that he talked about in this parable. And the pressure system is pressure on our faith. It's pressure on our beliefs. It's pressure in who you are in Jesus. Notice in the parable that the tribulation or the persecution, it says, is related to the word. It tells us that trouble came on account of the word. That, that pressure comes and those shallow roots can't withstand the storm. Jesus knew that there would be many that have a, would have a really favorable reaction to him. They knew that they would hear the word. They knew that they would see the miracles. They knew that they would say, yes, I need that. But he also knew that they would give it up quickly when it got really difficult to follow Jesus. The, the one with rocky ground is one that struggles to anchor themselves when things get hard. Here's the thing, though, about bad weather. When bad weather comes, the depths of our roots are revealed. It's revealed in the place we don't want anyone to know, but that's what is revealed. Will we lean deeper into Jesus when the storms come, or will we give up? Will we fight to hang on and sink into his truth, or will we give in to the things of the world? It depends on your roots. Bad weather is inevitable. The world in which we live is one giant pressure system. We aren't the same as the rest of the world. We don't live the same way. We aren't called to live the same way. And the only way to withstand it is to address the rocks and deepen our roots. And so I want to I tell you what I believe Jesus is telling us here. How do you become rooted? How do you address this soil in your life? How do you get to a place in which roots can actually go deep? You have to address the soil and then you have to add, you have to cultivate, you have to nurture that soil. So how do we become deeply rooted? 
This is where I believe matters most in this message. It's one thing to come to church and go, okay, now I know the problem. This is going to be a rough week. Well, we want to know what the answer is. What's the answer? I told you the problem. What's the answer? The answer is that we've got to, as Christians, be people who are rooted deeply in Jesus. In order to become rooted, Jesus says, the soil needs to change. The soil, the dirt, the ground needs to change. Remember that soil, the heart and mind of men. And there's going to be, I'm just going to give us two simple strategies to, to cultivate the soil. I, I think this is, this, there, it's more complicated than this, but it's, it does, it's as simple as this. You ever find that about Jesus? You ever find that about the Word of God? You're like, wow, this is really deep and hard and confusing, and this is really simple all at once. And I, I, I believe there's a simplicity that, that will begin to change the nature of the soil of our hearts. That if we've got places, if you identify with that, that, that cyclical nature in your walk, that seasonal nature in your walk, or, or, or when things hit, you just feel like, man, I just fall away, and I, I go months at a time, and I just don't go to church, and I just isolate, and then someone reminds me and calls me and talks me back, and we, we go through these ebbs and flows. And we, we spend time in the Word and in prayer, and then we go long periods of time and we don't. And how do we get to this place in which we're rooted Christians? Because this world in which we live in today, in this world in which we're going to live in in the future, is going to require deep roots as Christians. The ones that are going to last, those who are going to make it through the things that this world is throwing at us, and it's a lot. And this generation coming up is dealing with things that are so much harder and so much more pressure. Oh, when we grew up in school, peer pressure, yeah, that was, peer pressure has always been a thing. The pressure to, to, to be cool, the pressure to, to not be one of those weird Jesus people has always been a weird thing. But the, the all on out assault on this generation that is coming up is so severe. The, the days ahead in this world, our roots have got to get deep and we've got to be intentional about going deep in the Lord. So how do we do it? Two ways. The first way is this. You've got to get the rocks out. You've got to get the rocks out. I, I put under every one of your chairs a rock, and you might have thought, well, that's so strange why there's a rock under my chair. And they're dirty. They're going to get your hands dirty. Um, I think that's kind of like indicative of what it's like to follow Jesus and how to do the work of removing the rocks. See, turning, rocks in, turning rocky soil to good soil, well, it, as simple as this, it requires removing rocks. If you want good soil and you've got rocky ground, you've got to remove the rocks that are in the way of the roots. We've got to remove what's in the way of us becoming deeply rooted in Jesus. Now, again, I said, I've got this thing, which is really great. It's really great. I mean, it really hits rocks hard. I mean, those rocks get punished. Sometimes they break in half. Like, you're, you're not just lightly just going, okay, let's see, move, bing, right? I mean, you're just, ugh. And you know what? I, I feel like that sometimes rock removal in our hearts feels like one of these things. Like, it's not fun. Like, come on, Jesus, I just want to just sit at your feet and just, you're just going to just reveal to me, Lord, Brad, you can be better than this. But sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts us and it feels like, like it's, I don't, it's painful sometimes. So painful that people don't want to do anything about it. It's just too hard. I don't want to have to do the work. Like this issue has just been with me for so long. I'm just used to it. And yet this, this little rock among many of its other 
teammates in the soil <laughs> are doing a job. And that job is blocking the roots of you going deep in the Lord. Now, I use a digging bar practically, as you see. But for spiritual rock removal, there's a different tool. And that tool is called repentance. The tool for rock removal in our hearts is repentance. It is the digging bar. And it is not always the funnest thing. It's not always the funnest thing to come to the Lord, to confess the rocks, to say, God, here's the rocks. Here is the rock that is keeping me from growing. Here is the rock, Lord God. And would you remove this rock from my life? Would you take this rock, Lord? And, and I don't want it anymore, Lord. I repent before you, God. I am committing to you that I'm going to remove this rock. This is not going to be part of my life anymore. In fact, Lord, I'm leaving it with you. I'm not going to take it with me. In fact, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to walk a different direction. And when we repent, we're committing to remove something, to change course on our thoughts and our actions. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not just, uh, I'm sorry, oops. Repentance is, Lord, I was wrong. I was wrong. Like there's, you know, have you ever noticed there's different kinds of apologies? Like someone really offends you or they really hurt you or they do something really terrible to you and their apology sounds like this. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry you got hurt by that. <laughs> what kind of an apology is that? See, repentance is ownership. Ownership to say, I clearly did something to hurt you, to hurt your heart. Like that's what repentance, that's what true repentance looks like. And we can practice that in the lives of each other, like true forgiveness. We learned when we were, we taught our kids when we were really young, we learned this really great principle that there is a big difference between I'm sorry and will you forgive me? I'm sorry means mom said I had to apologize. <laughs> will you forgive me says I'm taking ownership that I did something. There's a difference. I'm just curious, reflect on your own relationships in your life. Is there any will you forgive me? Or is it just like, yeah, I'm sorry? Because what happens with that I'm sorry is that there's still that sting there. There's still that thing that's hanging on. There's still that rock that's blocking the depth in that relationship. And so this rock needs to be removed to come to the Lord and say, God, I want to change course. I want to remove rocks because if this rock does not get removed, Lord, my roots won't have anywhere to go. Because I'm saying, God, I want to follow you. I want your ways, but God, I also want all these. God, I need, to, I want your ways, God. But, but God, I also, I want all these ways too. <laughs> like, I, I want these. God, would you just come and would you grow in me? Well, Brad, I'm hitting this, this substance that's hard. That's okay, God, just don't worry about that. Just put the root somewhere else. I, I, that one's too important to me. It's too, too precious to me. Like, I've been too angry about this for too long and I'm not giving this one up. And we've got all these rocks. We've got all these rocks, and, and the Lord says, will you, will you remove them? That's how good soil is made. If they don't get removed, the roots won't have anywhere to go. See, in this parable, it says, some received the word with joy. But when you come to the Lord, joy must be paired with repentance. It's a subject that we don't like to talk about very much. But repentance isn't just a one-time event. It's a lifestyle to say, Lord, I want to be right with you. Lord, I need you to remove these things in my life. And it might take time. It might take years where you're going along and you're like, man, I don't know what this thing is. And the Lord's saying, you know, there's a rock down there that you didn't dig out. 
then I want you to, I want you to turn over to me. And so we've got to remove the rocks. The second thing we've got to do if we're going to turn rocky ground into good ground, besides just removing the rocks, is we've got to feed the soil. If you notice rocky ground, it's just, it isn't very good soil. It's not the best dirt, but it can become that way. A joyful germination is no substitute for a fruit-bearing relationship. How we feed the soil is by committing to grow in relationship with Jesus. That there is a, a commitment to growing in Jesus, a commitment to discipleship. Root growth is not a one-time event. You don't just, a plant doesn't just grow, there's the roots, and then that's it. When, when a tree grows, as the, the more the branches go out, there's roots underneath the surface that are also going out with the branch and creating a stability with it, that it's got to continue going. In the same way, following Jesus is not a one-time decision. Here's what you need to know. Salvation's not a product. A product. It's not a product. This, we're, we're not selling a product here. <laughs> it's not like, oh, hey, everybody come. I'm handing out tickets to heaven. Come on, let's go. Jesus will save you. No, salvation isn't a product. It's an invitation to relationship with Jesus. I invite you to have a relationship with Jesus. And feeding the soil in a garden might look like adding nutrients. What's in fertilizer? Nutrients. You're adding nutrients to the soil. But feeding the soil spiritually is adding nutrients from the Word of God. You're saying, I am going to get out my Bible, and I'm going to begin to dig into it because there are nutrients in here. There are things that are going to help me become more healthy. It's going to make my soil richer. It's a prayer life that's intentionally connected to Jesus. It's worship to God, declaring who He is, surrendering in His presence. It's commitment to growing with the community of believers. These are the things that feed the soil of our hearts. And as a Christian, we've got to go beyond just making a decision to say yes to Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. But to say, I want to feed the soil of my heart so that the roots of my life can go deeper and deeper and deeper in Jesus. So that when the storms come, I will be effective and I will stand strong. That's how you break the rocky ground. You remove the roots and you begin to feed the soil. Coming to church once a week is a good start, but it isn't the only thing. In fact, I think it's just a launching point. You've got to be giving nutrients to the soil of your heart every day of your life, day after day after day. What moments in your day do you pray? Where in your day do you worship? Where in the day do you hear the word of God? That we've got to get the soil that is cultivated, that is stirred, that is getting the nutrients that feed us. We have connect groups. Why? Not just so people can do a ministry, because it's another avenue in which we can give nutrients to the soil of our lives and begin to cultivate a good soil. It says in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So it's more than just about receiving Christ Jesus. It's walking in him. It's saying, God, I want to grow roots in you. I want to be built up in you. I want to be established in my faith. The rocky ground, it, it gladly said, sure, Jesus, I'll take it. Sounds good. Sounds like a good deal. But it never really let the roots grow. And that's my, my call to you today is walk in him. Get rooted in him. Be built in him. Be established in him. Remove the rocks, feed the soil. 
That's it. Go out this week with your mantra, remove the rocks and feed the soil. What can I do in my life to remove the rocks and feed the soil? How can I make that happen in my life? I want to get to be that place where I am the good ground that is yielding 60-fold and 30-fold and 100-fold. I need to remove the rocks and I need to feed the soil. How's your soil? What rocks need to be removed? I, I, I would love if you could just grab, reach under your, your chair, if you can, and just grab this rock. It's old rock. No, I did not put tomatoes under there for a reason, Bill. I, I just want you to ask the Lord as we go into this closing song of worship, Lord, are there any rocks in my soil that I need to surrender to you? Any rocks that I need to say, God, I, I came into this place today and, and I'm leaving this rock here. You can, this, can, this can represent everything, but it, maybe you're like, I'm going to go find more rocks because I need several rocks to be left. Whatever. That's up to you. It can represent multiple things or you can go get more rocks, however you want to do it. But I want to challenge you this morning as we close that we have this area, this altar area up front. If you want prayer, we'll have our prayer teams on the side. But I want to challenge you to just ask the Lord, Lord, are there any rocks in my ground? Do I have rocky ground? Where are the places, Lord, that you're asking me to repent from? And the call to you this morning is, if you have those places in your life, which most of us do, quite honestly, is to just come up here with a rock this morning and just confess before the Lord and then leave the rock behind. Then I want you to have just a representation today when you walk out of this place that you left a rock behind, that you started the work of tilling through that ground. You started that work of removing the rocks that are blocking the things in your life. That's what breaking ground looks like. So will you stand with me this morning? And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. And then as we, as we sing this song, I just want to invite you to come, come forward and leave, leave a rock at the altar and just confess before the Lord. And don't just leave a rock. Say, God, here's what I'm leaving. Tell God, this is what I'm leaving here today. Lord, we come before you today, Lord God. God, and we bring any rocky ground that we have within us. Any rocky ground, Lord, we bring it before you. And we say, God, would you show us where rocks need to be removed? Show us where the roots can't grow deep. Show us, Lord, where it's been blocked, where it's been stifled, Lord. We bring our rocky ground to you today, Lord God, and we confess and repent before you and say, God, I'm not leaving here with this anymore. I'm not going to leave here with this, this place of bitterness anymore. I'm not going to leave here with this habit anymore. I'm not going to leave here with this attitude anymore. I'm not going to leave here with this belief system, Lord. I'm not going to leave here with this anger, Lord. I'm not leaving here with this today, Lord. I confess before you, Lord. I want to see these rocks removed from my life. And so God, we lay down our rocky ground before you. And we say, God, would you cultivate, would you feed the soil of our hearts? Will you feed us, God? Would there be a disciplines in our life to feed the soil of our lives as we go about this week? Lord, we just thank you that you are good and that you receive us and that you feed us and you restore us and you redeem us, God. God, here's our rocky ground. We offer it to you in the name of Jesus.